Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen, human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton tape is for you. Wilson going to the air. Chased out by Daquan Jones. Wilson looking into wide open. Touchdown! First NFL touchdown for Zach Wilson. And it goes to Corey Davis. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20, the 10, the 5, touchdown. Jones is just caught flat-footed. What an excellent, excellent round. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it's time to talk midweek news and notes. We are now one week away from the NFL draft, so we bring in our friend who's the co-founder over at U Stadium, Mr. Nick Spano. Nick, one more week, man. One more week. I know. We're here. We I think we made it. And, yeah, now it's just the season where you don't want to believe everything you hear or see, but you kind of can't help it. So it's... Uh, you know, just hang in there a couple more, a couple more days, and then you know all this uh, nonsense will go away. Speaking of things that you want to believe, but maybe they're not true, but maybe they are, and then you get your hopes up, and then maybe they're not going to happen, but maybe they will. Debo Samuel, fuel of the fire now. Jeff Darlington reporting that Debo Samuel has requested a trade formally from the San Francisco 49ers. What's going on here, Nick? Yeah, so it seems like uh, the reports with his brother yesterday. Uh, posting how they want out and he won't be playing in San Francisco and some of the other Instagram notes that Debo has been making, um, obviously taking off the uh, logo and, you know, info on his uh, bio on Instagram is, is actually legit. And um, apparently he's, he's let it be known that he wants out. He won't return there or talk contract extension with San Francisco. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, ball game on pretty much. And, Obviously, it takes two to, to make a trade, and San Francisco doesn't necessarily have to uh, placate to Debo, but I, I'm not sure they're going to want to be known as the organization who, you know, is holding their players hostage if they don't want to be there. And, and this is, you know, exactly what we've talked about the past shows throughout the offseason is the, the game as we know it has changed and the way that the players um, kind of hold the power now um, and, and really can can leverage themselves and um, you know land in space places they either want to be or you know make the money that they want 
it's it's completely different than the league that we used to know. Um, so you can never really rule anything out. Obviously, he hasn't been dealt yet, but um, by all accounts, is he he wants out. And I know for a fact, I was speaking with a Jets source yesterday. Um, I asked him about the Debo situation. He said, "Yeah, we we really like him. Obviously, people in the building love this guy. Um, they've made calls to the 49ers, but as of you know, yes, last night when I spoke, that they weren't aware that." there was a, uh, a trade request made yet. And now, you know, fast forward a few hours, you know, a day or so, we, we now know that there is one. So um, I'm sure those calls will kind of ramp up and the Jets won't be alone in the pursuit of him. Obviously he's one of the best uh, offensive playmakers in football. So um, it's just a, it's another storyline for us to uh, obsess and refresh our Twitter timelines over for the next week as we lead up to the draft. Nick, the reports indicate that Samuel's not happy with the way he's being used. Obviously, the Jets are a very similar offense to the 49ers since Mike LaFleur came from the Kyle Shanahan tree. But I wonder if that means that Debo Samuel has no more interest in being used as a running back. Would make sense because he's starting to wear down and that many touches, that many carries it's going to take a toll on you. We started to see it last year as Debo got hurt at the end of the season, had those recurring injury issues. And the other thing that everybody's going to be talking about is if the Jets get involved, would the number 10 pick be in the discussion? I would imagine no. They didn't involve it in talks for Tyree Kill, so I don't think they're going to do it for Debo Samuel. But any idea what the story is there as far as his discontent with being used a certain way in San Francisco, how that might translate to the Jets' interest because maybe they'd want to use him in a similar way, so I don't know if that would dissuade them. And then also the 10th pick. I don't think it would be in play, but maybe you know something different. Yeah, I think you would probably see the same offer or a similar offer, maybe a little less um, than what Tyreek Hill went for. So I don't think 10 would have to be in. If if the Jets were to offer 10, San Fran would probably do it right now. Um, but I don't think that'll be in play, um, nor should it have to be. If 35 and 38 are along with um, you know, a mid-round pick or maybe a pick next year, um, that's probably going to be one of the best offers. And obviously you have Sala with the direct line to the San Francisco organization that um, definitely plays into the hand. And obviously being out of the NFC should help too. Not that that's everything, as we obviously saw the two teams who the Chiefs you know, agreed to a trade with were AFC teams, but it doesn't hurt, that's for sure. So um, as for the, the compensation, I don't think 10 would be in play and I don't think it would have to be. <clears throat> um, as for the, the, the first part about Debo, um, and, and, you know, he, I think he wants to be more of a prolific receiver and not just a, you know, super gadget player where he's getting the ball, you know, taking handoffs in the backfield and, you know, kind of slamming it into the line of scrimmage or, you know, using him in those ways. I, I don't think that's something he wants to do. I think he wants to be kind of talked about and, and respected as a top wide receiver, not just a playmaker. So I, I think that has more to do with it. And, I don't think you're going to see the new team that he goes to use him in the run game as much. Obviously, if he can do it and do it at a high level, you want to use that to your advantage. And I'm sure teams will. But, you know, maybe that's something he does discuss with the potential new team is, hey, I don't want to be running the ball into the teeth of the defense like eight times a game. Um, You know, reverses, Jets sweeps, that's cool and all. And a few gadget plays here and there. But, you know, he wants to be he, he wants to be a receiver first and. Um, you know, go down as as a guy there and be paid like a receiver, not not a running back. Worth noting, Nick, that at this moment, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter, Jennifer Lee Chan of NBC Sports Bay Area, Rich Simini of ESPN New York, Connor Hughes of The Athletic, 
And a bunch of others are reporting that the 49ers are still not looking to trade Debo Samuel despite his trade request. So while Debo clearly would like to move on from San Francisco, it's unclear whether or not they are going to be willing to move on from him. We'll have to continue to monitor this situation as we get closer to the draft. Obviously, we'll see if that speeds things up a bit because perhaps if the 49ers do eventually decide they're going to move on from Debo Samuel, they would want to get draft picks in this year's draft where they don't pick until the number 61 overall pick. But it is worth remembering they do, in theory, have three more years of control over Debo Samuel. They've got the final year of his contract this year, and then they can franchise tag him two years in a row after that. So just because he asked for a trade doesn't mean that they necessarily have to placate him. But Debo Samuel is not the only player to wear a San Francisco 49ers uniform who's been discussed around the Jets. Another one is Quan Alexander, the free agent linebacker. He was in for a visit. Anything going on there? Yeah, I haven't heard too much about Quan Alexander. I wonder if it's more just to check on to see how he is physically. There's, there's been injuries with him and um, you know, who knows? They could sign him to a one-year deal today, you know, because the the, the price matched. But um, maybe they see <clears throat> something in the draft, try and fill that hole in the draft, and you know they don't need to do it, or you know maybe they just have him in now to see where he's at, and then after the draft, if they can't find a, a linebacker that they think can you know make an impact this year, uh, maybe they they go back and sign him after the draft. You know, you'll see a lot of these veteran players link up with teams after the draft, so. Um, as of right now, I, I haven't heard too much about how it went or even when it was, you know, kind of came out of left field, but I think he would be a really solid addition to the linebacker core. You know, after Mosley, you have a lot of question marks um, with Quincy Williams, with uh, the two rookies they drafted last year, Sherwood and Hamsa. So, you know, you don't have somebody you feel really good about, you know, they tried with Jared Davis last year and that failed. Um, so I think, you know, what you're going to get with uh, Quan if he's here and healthy, so I think it would be a nice fit. Obviously, no Salah from the year they spent together in uh, San Fran. So it, it makes sense. I'm sure it won't be anything too expensive. Um, so I, as long as he's healthy and, and, and you know that checks out um, and the need is still there after the draft, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Nick, some buzz surrounding Derek Stingley Jr., the cornerback out of LSU. Looks like he might be a top 10 pick. A lot of teams really like him. Yeah, you know, I spoke with uh, you know somebody that you know is involved in the process, not with the Jets, but in general. Um, and they said, and they said he's he's your you know the the guy that when you know you talk about the kind of disagreement between fans slash media and what the league thinks of guys, 
um, he's like the prototypical, you know, sample right there. Uh, you know, the, the pro day helped him immensely, um, showed that the foot injury was kind of behind him and he's got all the athletic traits and obviously his freshman year tape is off the charts. Um, didn't really match that <clears throat> production going forward, but you know, he's somebody who is healthy now, um, obviously needs for corners around the league. So somebody to watch. Nick, you also talked to a scout who told you something interesting about the running backs that could be had on day three. This is definitely of interest to the Jets because they're in the market for another running back to go with Michael Carter. Yeah, and there's a guy, Pierre Strong Jr., who a lot of people around the league think is some, think somebody who you can get on a day three and can contribute right away. Um, and I know the Jets have had a level of interest in him. They've worked him out. They've met with him. So he's somebody to keep an eye on, but um scouts scouts really like this running back class you know from top to bottom and you know you probably won't see anybody go in the first round um you know obviously there's always the potential for someone to kind of slip in the late 20s or 30s you know one of the good teams who feel that maybe they're a you know running back away from a as a difference maker in the offense like maybe buffalo or um, tampa bay who lost uh, ronald jones but there's probably other needs that kind of make that secondary. Um, but, you know, top of the second round, you have Brees Hall, obviously, Kenneth Walker. But as you get down to the third and fourth round, I know the Jets you obviously grabbed Michael Carter in the fourth last year. Um, you could see a, a, a plethora of guys come off the board there. And, and scouts think that you might see some day one impact guys coming, you know, on Saturday in the draft this year. So it seems to be the trend now, you know, with the league and where it's at that, you get, you know, you kind of wait a little bit on that position and, and those guys can come in and, and have the impact right away. We've seen it over the past few years. Um, so that that trend, I'm sure, is going to continue. But there's like at least four or five, six guys that, uh, you know, scouts really think can come in, Pierre Strong being one of them. Um, so that's, that's a guy to keep your eye on for the Jets if you're looking for, you know, a day three guy, um, you know, once the, uh, you know, your top 50, top 100 kind of, start to trickle down and you're looking for a guy who can make an impact. He's somebody that I was told to, to watch. Nick, let's talk quarterback for a second, because even though the jets are not in the market for quarterback, what happens with somebody like Baker Mayfield and what happens in the top 10 with quarterbacks obviously impacts what could happen for the jets at number four and number 10. The two teams that make the most sense for Baker Mayfield are the Carolina Panthers, who are sitting at number six, the Seattle Seahawks, who are sitting at number nine. Either team could potentially go quarterback. What are you hearing on Baker Mayfield, where he may land? What's the latest? As far as the quarterbacks, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks said that in talking to people around the league, they're not convinced the quarterback goes in the top 10 or even the top 15. Is that what you're hearing, too? Yeah, I think, I think the Panthers really kind of control all of it. You know, do they prefer to wait out the Baker Mayfield thing and, you know, after the drafts kind of see where they're at? Like maybe they want to move down from six because they don't have a second or third rounder and um, they may feel that that's just too early to take a Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or anybody like that. And, you know, they can move back in round one and maybe take one there. If they do, obviously the Baker thing won't happen there. Um, I know Baker was – you know, Seattle was a spot that everybody rumored for, for Baker. I mean, they just signed Geno Smith to a one-year deal where they actually are giving him, I think, a guaranteed three three or $4 million. I'm not sure. Um, so he's going to be on the team, obviously, whether he's going to start or back up. I guess it depends on what Drew Locke does. So you have Locke, you have Geno. Is Baker like 
yeah, he's better than both of them, no doubt. But is he somebody like hands down, you're going to just have to go get and pay him the $18 million guaranteed this year? Like, I think when you try, you know, you, you take what he's making, where he's at health wise and actually the, the talent level, I guess you can say, is he like that much better than like a Drew Locke and, and Gino? It probably is, but you know, I don't know if he's somebody that they're going to trade for and pay the 18 million when they have a few other guys in that quarterback room who are, you know, probably on a level or two below him. Um, definitely on a level or two below him, but you know, not enough to have to go out and make that move. So I think they Seahawks, the Seahawks probably add a quarterback in the draft, whether it's round one or two, they have multiple second rounders. Um, and then they go with the uh, Gino versus uh, rookie versus drew lock this year. So not exactly a position you want to be in, but um, then like, you know, it's the same teams that you, you hear about the Falcons are, are, you know, chatting with Matt Corral the Steelers with Malik Willis have been all over him. Um, Desmond Ritter as well. The Lions are talking with Pickett, Malik Willis. You know, they could be one. I'd probably see them more at 32, you know, just to get that fifth year uh, of control, you know, rather than taking one number two. Um, but, you know, it's the same kind of group of four or five teams and, you know, those quarterbacks. It's just a crapshoot. I, I don't think you know. I don't think you can sit here definitively with, eight, you know, eight or whatever, a week or eight days left until the draft and say – um, oh yeah, Carolina loves Pickett or Carolina loves Willis and he's going to go six. So I, I don't think there's any kind of slam dunk. It's really who's going to be the first team to take one and who's it going to be. And then how desperate is that next team going to be? Um, and there's an, then there's a few wild cards like the Giants. Are they a quarterback spot? The Eagles, you know, they like Matt Corral a lot. Do they like him enough to take him, you know, with one of the first round picks or is he somebody they want to try and see if he falls in the second round? Um, they see the value there. So I think you're waiting. I don't think we're going to see a quarterback trade into, you know, obviously until the draft, it's going to be more, where do we, you know, where does each team see these quarterbacks, the value of taking one this year? And if the value isn't there, you know, maybe they call, um, you know, Cleveland for Baker, wait out Jimmy in the summer and see what they can get for him. Cause you're not going to have to give up much for Jimmy G. He comes with a pretty hefty price as well. And the amount of teams that are still left looking for a quarterback, it's just the numbers aren't there. Nick, the betting markets right now for the draft are very interesting. And we should stipulate that this is just people guessing and it's based on who people are putting their money on. But it is fascinating to see different movement. You had something up at U Stadium about the Lions really liking Kayvon Thibodeau. And then the betting markets have shifted over the last day or two to reflect that. I'm not saying that the betting markets are necessarily based on U Stadium reports, but it is interesting that they coincide that way. When you look at the betting markets, and I'm taking a look at them right now, heavy odds on favorite to go number one, either Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker. I know you've said that you still think Ike McQuanu will go number one, and he very well could. But you take a look at some of these, and it really tells you where people's heads are at right now. Number two pick, everybody seems to believe it's either going to be Kayvon Thibodeau, Aiden Hutchinson, or Trayvon Walker. Number three, Ike McQuanu, Evan Neal, and Sauce Gardner, the heavy favorites to go there. So a lot of dominoes to fall. That's what's going to affect all of this. And obviously the Jets sitting at 4-10 and 10 are sort of going to be passive bystanders in a way. But this is going to be really interesting to see. And the betting markets are reflecting what people are thinking right now. Whether or not that's what the front offices are thinking is another story. Yeah, exactly. The betting market kind of just lives and dies by the reports that come out. And um, 
you know, what I, I don't know, like, you know, what the betting market hears and whatnot and what they're basing their, their stuff on. But the report that, you know, I heard the other day, I, I keep forgetting who put it out there originally. Like it's been kind of refreshed multiple times about, you know, the lions just not vibing with Kayvon and, and Campbell not liking him doesn't fit his style. Like that's just not true. Like straight up from as close as you can get from Kayvon without him telling me, um, they had multiple really good meetings. They feel the Kayvon team feels he's going to end up in Detroit. I think the only way he doesn't, like I mentioned before, is if uh, Aiden Hutchinson is, is available at two, they would pick him. But, you know, I think in a draft like this, when you don't have a surefire quarterback, number one, or, you know, a Miles Garrett type, uh, you know, edge rusher or something, it's, it's so dependent on like what the Jaguars do at one, right? Cause if you're, if everybody's saying, oh, Hutchinson won, Hutchinson won, and, and they don't go Hutchinson, the, the entire draft changes. You know, they go, let's say they go Trayvon Walker, you have a lot of happy teams in the top 10. You know, that means Icky falls a spot. That means Hutchinson falls a spot. Detroit runs and gets Hutchinson. Houston's sitting there, you know, Evan Neal. Uh, you know, are they going to take sauce? Like, then the Jets are sitting there with, you know, Kayvon at four. I, I'm pretty sure that would be the pick. So, so much depends on what the Jaguars end up doing at one. If they go Hutchinson, then kind of everything's, you know, again, everything changes too. Does, is Kayvon really the guy for Detroit? So it's so dependent on them. Nick, the report that you were talking about originated with Albert Breer in SI. And what he said was, quote, I can tell you that no one I've talked to at this point believes Oregon's Kayvon Thibodeau is in any way a culture fit for Detroit coach Dan Campbell. His personality is a lot, said one executive, and you hear the head coach there isn't a fan. So you're not necessarily hearing that directly from the Detroit camp. You're hearing that mm-hmm. from other teams, and that's what's interesting. This time of year, Nick, you know this, there's a lot of smoke being thrown out there, so you have to read very carefully where this info is supposedly coming from. So if it's coming from another team exec, that could be somebody who's trying to drive Thibodeau down the board a little bit exactly it sounds like a very influenced quote um whether someone's using Breer to kind of get their side out or whether he's kind of just saying that based on the whole kind of smear campaign around Kayvon you know it's nothing new you're not here it's not nothing kind of groundbreaking it's the whole oh well his uh personality doesn't fit he's more brand aware which it's just so played out at this point um, so yeah, I, I haven't heard the full quote until you just mentioned it. So it, that to me just sounds like a lot of hot air. Um, and by all accounts, Detroit is, is very hot on Thibodeau. Um, so, you know, it could end up going Hutchinson Thibodeau, like we all kind of thought <laughs> before this whole thing started. Um, while that would be boring and be a bummer for the Jets, um, a lot can happen between now and and Thursday, if, if Trent Balky has his way, <laughs> you know, you never know what happens. Nick, before we run, anything else interesting that you've been hearing surrounding the draft or anything in general about the NFL? Yeah, I think, you know, Charles Cross is somebody who has, well, you know, sim- similar to Lind- Linderbaum, right? Like some teams might have Linderbaum as a top five player in this draft and some teams might have him as, you know, a second rounder. Charles Cross has teams across the league that think he's a top three to five player in this draft and thinks he's he's easily the best left tackle prospect going forward. So, you know, he's somebody that if he goes number three to Houston or falls to 15, I don't think I'd be surprised. Um, so, 
he's a, he's a guy just as of late, you, you hear a lot on, um, you know, the Hamilton stuff is obviously still around where, where he'll go. You see Washington bring, you know, brought Hamilton in for a visit this week. Uh, I believe Pittsburgh as well. So there are two teams that probably have a good feeling or, you know, good Intel that uh, Hamilton might fall a lot further than we thought at the beginning where he was being mocked as like a top five player in the draft. Um, so the safety class too, I think, people are starting to see like Lewis seeing who we spoke about on previous shows, Scott, um, the fall off from Hamilton to, to scene is not as dramatic as maybe, you know, a lot of people had thought at the beginning of this process. So always interesting players falling and rising this time of year. And then you have guys, um, you know, who like a Quay Walker, who people were, were mocking. I've seen in on day, you know, late day two, early day three could find himself in the consideration for like a late first round, early second round pick. So there's always, you know, guys this time of the year that, you know, we talked about, like, once the league gets their hand and their focus on these tapes and certain players, you really start to see the kind of disagreement or the separation between what fans and the media think and what the league thinks. And that's always a, you know, fun topic to talk about. Nick Spano, co-founder, U Stadium. Thanks so much for coming on, as always, and talking about the midweek news and notes with me. Really appreciate it. We've got one week to the NFL draft, a lot of stuff to discuss in that time. And if you want to be up to date with absolutely everything and possibly even make some money with some outlandish takes that could possibly come true a week from today, believe you've got to download the app and start using the takes function, right, Nick? Yes, sir. So download the app, turn notifications on and check out the takes feature. Basically, like you mentioned, you you have a prediction that you think comes true about the draft. You know, the Jets are going to draft uh, you know, sauce Gardner at four, put it on the app, set a point value to it, set a time for it to expire, basically eight o'clock on Thursday of next week. Um, you know, then set it out there. Fans will agree and disagree. And then once the outcome of that is determined, points will be awarded to the winning side. And then you can cash those out. Go ahead and download the U stadium app. If you haven't already and make sure you partake in the takes feature because you could make some actual real world money and who doesn't want some more of that so go ahead and do that also check out everything we're doing over at playlikeajet.com and the play like a jet youtube channel the thunder from down under luke grant has some great all 22 breakdowns of some of the best prospects in the nfl draft jameson williams is one that he just put up the receiver from alabama also george Karloftis, the edge rusher out of purdue who seems to be getting very overlooked and could go somewhere in that top 10 to 15 range when all is said and done. So you want to take a look at him because maybe he's an option for the Jets at number 10 if they don't get a pass rusher at number 4. Make sure that you're watching all the videos and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quinn Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies. It's all there, tpublic.com. That's teepublic.com. And make sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts and content, you know where to go. That's Play Like a Jet Digital at playlikeajet.com.